when Kenzie gets excited, she's beyond excited. I mean, every, you know, she may have her muscles are affected by cerebral palsy, but I said, it's for 20 minutes, I fought her. It's like trying to stra- uh, trying to bend a two by four. I mean, she, cause she gets so excited. Her muscles become so tense and you can try to tell her calm down, but when she knows it's going to happen, she yeah. just, yeah, it just, it, it's something to, it's, it's awesome to witness her excitement. All right, on this episode of the From Field to Plate podcast, um, I've got a guy that I've been friends with for a while but never really had a chance to sit down and talk to. Uh, Mike Burnside, that's how you say your last name, right? Makes it pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you never know sometimes. It's like, no, it's like Quagmire. Yeah. Know it's spelt like Burnside. Um, but I think I found you through uh, that video you had of your daughter uh, that kind of went viral and everyone shared, which we'll get into in a bit. Uh, but first of all, dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting with me for a little bit. I know that to to carve a time out of your day is is important to a lot of people so i appreciate you taking the time to do that for me yeah, i'm glad to do it <clears throat> glad we could finally meet up talk yeah like i said we've been friends forever yeah finally get to talk face to face yeah and i'll try to you know understand your oaky accent and you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you can try to understand my california whatever slang when i say dude bro and i say i say it like a lot because I grew up with all those Valley kids. It's like, like, oh my gosh, like, like, like. So you hear that? Well, deal with it. That's who I am as a person. So before I get going with anybody, uh, <laughs> except for Cable Smith, who I interviewed yesterday, and I'm actually throwing that up today, we kind of just got right into it because he was pissed off, and we just went, whoop, right into it. But everyone that starts, I'm, I'm going to ask him kind of two questions just to kind of get the ball rolling. So the first one is, because I'm a food guy, you're a food guy, what has been the best meal you've ever eaten in your life? Now this can be mama made. This can be a restaurant you had. This can be something you've made like, but what was the best bite of food you've ever eaten? You know, excuse me. I, you know, this has been probably is while it's in my working world. uh, I got out of college, went to work for a big general contractor. We went to Utah to bid a job, uh, you know, because we're talking, uh, 50, 60 million dollar jobs. Yeah. And we went to, and uh, prime rib. We went to this restaurant, can't tell you where it at, but that prime rib sticks in my mind. And, you know, that's been uh, almost 30 years ago. Wow. And just that's one that just, I mean, man, it was just, just absolutely perfect. And, uh, you know, of course, mama's, <clears throat> mama's fried chicken Sunday afternoon, lunch, you know, and, and my wife, She's always, you know, I'll tell her, man, it's a good fried chicken. She'll say, yeah, but I know it's not like as good as your mama used to make. I was now, like, well, that's to, the truth. She used to cook it in like a deep cast iron skillet and stuff too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just <clears throat> one of those things that, uh, you never appreciate it until you're gone. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, man, that, that was, as, that was as good as it gets. My father-in-law is the same exact way for his birthday. <clears throat> a couple years ago, he was asking, you know, or his wife's like, what do you want for dinner? What do you want for dinner? And he's like, my mom's fried chicken. But, you know, his mom had passed away too, but he's like, you know. And so I sat down talking with him. We were doing something. I was like, well, tell me about your mom. He's like, so he's telling me about his mom's fried chicken. And, you know, she did it in this giant 14-inch cast iron deep skillet and, you know, the way she would bread it. And so I cooked it. I cooked it. I mean, I found a recipe that was his mom's and I cooked it to the T, right? And he's eating. He's like, this is really good. And I'm like, but, so, like you said, but it's not your mama's, right? 
And and I told him, I said, man, it was a pain in the butt to cook that freaking fried chicken. Your mama must have loved you if she was cooking that every single Friday, you know, every, every Sunday after church because it took me an hour and a half, and then I had to clean up the oil that was – I mean, because you, you throw that cold piece of chicken in there, and it's like – Oh, yeah. You know? And, you know, he's like, but she would do it every single – every single Sunday. And so I totally get you on that thing. And it's crazy when we look at food itself, how it brings back memories and it brings back thoughts and it brings back this joy and excitement. I think that's the best part of it, about being my job, about being a chef is hearing people tell the story about creating a recipe that you've created in your head or cooking something at camp or for people. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you remember when and I was like, to me, it's just food, but that brought back a memory um, to you. So I appreciate that. And the second question is, what is an insult that you receive that you're actually secretly proud of? What is something that people say about you or about your family that actually like you're super proud of that insult? I know it's a uh, deep one, but yeah, I'm trying to think what, uh, <clears throat> you know, the one that, uh, I guess the one that's probably, you know, not nothing made towards my family. It's all, you know, is kind of a general term and you've heard it many times redneck yeah oh you're redneck well you know those of us who know what the true meaning of redneck is it's those guys around the tractor working all day long sun up till sundown and it's because they got their necks burned right you know it's because they're rednecks because they're out there doing work all the time you know and to me it's like yeah i'm a redneck yeah that's that's fine with me uh, so yeah, that's probably the only thing I can think of that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, when I hear the term redneck, I was like, yeah, you don't understand exactly what that means. It isn't just the hick you're thinking of. Right. It's the guys out there working, doing that stuff, uh, nonstop. Stop. Yeah. I think it's, so yeah, that's probably, it's become a derogatory term yeah. for a lot of people, but for many of us, you know, like, well, even like blue collar and, you know, redneck and also it's like, those are the guys that were in the trenches day in and day out providing for their family and you know when they want to have breakfast lunch and dinner they'd have breakfast supper you know because yeah you got to think about the meals you're eating when you're coming back in and i remember we i have family that lives in nebraska and we went over there to it was a summer i was in junior high or something like that and we went and worked on the cattle farm with them and we were i mean from sun up to sundown i remember we came in and lunch was like a spread that was what we would eat for dinner. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? And we were eating. And he's like, Oh, well this is, you know, this is dinner. And I was like, wow, but it's noon. Like what the heck? And then we come in for, for dinner in my mind. And it's like a bologna and cheese sandwich. Cause you're so tired at the end of the day, you literally eat a bologna and cheese sandwich and lay on the bed and pass out. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then yeah. wake up and mama's got the, that big old breakfast ready for you. Cause you're starving. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's what the, yeah, that's uh, like you said, those guys, well, you will come in. It'll be a huge spread. They're like, man, I can't eat all this. You know, and oh, here, take some brownies. Yeah, you know, take some of napkin with you. Right. And you know, like you said, when you come in at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's been those times where my wife Janet asked me, hey, what do you want for dinner? I was like, you know, just just a sandwich or just a cookie because I'm going to bed. Right. And we've all been there. So kind of tell everybody who doesn't know who, who Mike is, kind of give a brief overview of, who is Mike Burnside? And then we'll kind of get into more of like the family stuff and kind of how you, how your family kind of got known in this world. But like, who is, who is Mike Burnside? You know, I'm i uh, I'm self-employed. Uh, I 
started being self-employed uh, doing environmental testing when I was probably about uh, coming up on 20, about 26 years ago, uh, raising the country. You know, and I, you know, I always tell people when I, where I grew up in Oklahoma, you drove to uh, the edge of the hit, you know, edge of the sticks and you drove five miles further because we were out there. I mean, it was, you know, uh, my closest friend was three quarters of a mile away. Wow. We, you know, we used to ride bicycles, uh, anywhere you went was ride bicycles and it was nothing. I can remember riding to town with town, town was five miles away. You know, we'd ride bicycles to town and, uh, there was nobody you didn't, that wasn't your friend or neighbor. When we'd be out fishing for the day, you know, riding bicycles, we'd stop at a uh, lady's house. Cause you know, one thing mom would always tell her, Hey, check in at lunch. Let me know where you're at. Oh, we'd stop in stop by somebody some lady's house and she'd say hey yeah can we borrow your phone and say yeah sure so we'd call call our moms hey we're here everything's okay and it never failed that lady would say hey you guys you boys want some cookies and lemonade yeah. Like, oh yeah <laughs> and so you know as long as we checked in during the day i mean we had the run of the run of the country i mean we lived out uh it was just pure country and uh you know i grew up hunting fishing uh, a perfect, you know, at the time, like everybody else, you know, this, you know, I want to be in the city. I want to be uh, where everything's happening. Well, as I got older, I figured out that's where I should, that's where I need to be. You know, I miss that life. Uh, well, there was no cares in the world. Right. And, and, uh, see, so yeah, and I started in construction when I graduated from college, uh, Oklahoma state university. Uh, spent some time, but I graduated high school in New Mexico. We moved to New Mexico when I was in eighth grade. Uh, my dad went out there, helped his brother, uh, do construction. And of course I, I still had to run in the woods. You know, we lived out, uh, Northern New Mexico, outside Chama, New Mexico. I used to have to ride the snowmobile to the uh, two and a half miles to the highway to catch a bus wow. uh, during the winter. You know, it just, a, it was just a dream life for a, for a kid. So graduated high school, went to work for construction and, uh, you know, just went in to do my own thing when I was 26. I mean, when for 26 years and I'm right now I'm uh, 58 and, uh, had a really good life. Can't complain about anything. You know, got to do a lot of things. I never, never anticipated. My wife is a flight attendant for American airlines. So we've got to fly free. So I've got to go do a lot of hunting and fishing that I never would have envisioned being able to do. Right. So it's, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much a short, short story of my life. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's funny because you talk about growing up in that lifestyle. I grew up the complete opposite. You know, I'm in LA County, you know, Southern California. So for me going out to the sticks was going to the park, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to ride my bike one tenth of a mile to the park. Um, but we had the beach and the beach was my my escape, you know, we'd go down there and surf almost every single day in the ocean where we go fish and just sit out in the boat. And so that was kind of my, my euphoria until I got into hunting and then also hunting became, Oh, there's this such a big world outside of the city that I live in. And just an hour outside of the city, you can go chase giant mule deer, you know, like that guy over there, you know, we found him, you know, I found it dead, but that's a huge mule deer. That's, an hour away from us that no one even knows exists. I posted a, a thing, a picture of us hunting mule deer and I got on social, on Facebook in a group page or something like that. 
And this one guy wrote me back and goes, dude, you're a liar. There are no deer in LA and Orange County. I was like, what? He's like, I've never seen a deer. Like this, this dude's never left the concrete jungle. And he was assuming yeah. I was hunting deer like in the streets of Hollywood, like, you know, with my bow and arrow out there chasing a deer. I'm like, dude, have you ever looked down Hollywood Boulevard and seen that mountain? Yeah, that's full of deer and bear and mountain lions and, you know, like quail and <laughs> chucker and pheasant. And But we get so caught up in the city lifestyle that it's insane. So, but I think. Yeah, I was going to say. Go for it. There's a lot of people that, that a lot of people just never, yeah, can't fault them. They're just never afforded the opportunity. They don't ever get a chance to get out. And, uh, you know, my lifestyle, you know, I'm looking out my window right now at our pond, you know, that's uh, 30 yards from the house. I go fishing there, you know, looking out back across there. You know, it's nothing in the mornings. I watch deer walk, uh, you know, walk about, uh, oh, 80 yards from the house here. They travel up and down a creek here. So it's, you know, I've got what I, what, what is my perfect dream of, uh, just getting to see wildlife all the time. But there's people who never get to never even know what that, what that's like. Yeah. We uh, took envision out, those things. I took out a kid, a group of kids hunting one time in, we were turkey hunting, and I remember the, the first morning when the turkeys sounded off on the roost. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody that's listening has ever hunted turkeys. There's something inside of you when that turkey's just hammer on that roost. And he looks over at me and goes, what was that? And I was like, oh, that's what we're hunting. That's turkey. He's like, that's not what turkeys sound like. Because in his mind, he's thinking like a cartoon, like gobble, gobble, right? Yeah. Or like whatever yeah. you think. And. And then those turkeys came strutting in and his eyes get as wide as saucers. And he's like, that thing's huge. And this and that, and this, he's imagining this, you know, Thanksgiving Turkey, this, whatever. And to see it in real life. And remember he shot the bird and we go over and he was just ecstatic. And he's like, I've never seen a Turkey in real life. I've never seen a Turkey with feathers on it. I've never. And I'm like, dude, you're 13 years old. But for me growing up, you know, I started hunting when I was six birds. Um, but there's kids out there who have never, like my daughters, they were born and raised into it. Like there's pictures of my daughter holding it. You know, she's in a little carrier and she got a dove on her chest because she's a baby. I'm like, here, hold it. She's like three months old holding this dove up. Right. And it's funny. We take that for granted. We take, there's so many kids around us that don't even know it. Uh, I gave my daughter, I made some venison summer sausage and she was packing lunch for school. She's in junior high and we're down here in you know, Huntington beach. California and so she's packing it and she takes out you know a thing of the summer sausage she's cutting it up she's throwing venison jerky she's and then we're driving to school she goes I bet I'm the only kid in my entire junior high that's eating deer meat for lunch I was like I guarantee you're the only kid that's eating deer unless I've given it to one of your friend's parents Um, but she was excited about it and then she goes and she shares it with all her friends at school and I'm getting texts from the dads. My daughter said they ate deer today. Do you have any more of that? I'd really like to try it. And for me, it's that, that gateway open up to bring other people into hunting in this industry and that kind of stuff. So, but talking about kids, I know that you had a set of twins, right? And, yeah. uh, <coughs> and, and your life kind of changed with that set of twins. The, you know, your son perfectly healthy and fine. And then your daughter, and, you know, that's kind of, kind of where your story in a lot of social media constructs start for a lot of people is this story around your daughter. Kind of tell us a little bit about Ken's and Kenzie and, and kind of where that goes with you and how, how, how you got into bringing her into, into hunting and fishing. You know, the, uh, we actually had, we actually had triplets. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
yeah, that that they they were we call them surviving twins because it's you know long story getting into it, but you know they're they're going to be twenty seven this year. Had triplets. Our other son, we had Hunter, Thor, and Kinsey. And uh, Hunter didn't didn't make it after five days. He passed away. Uh, Thor, he's all he's all you know red blooded American male. He's, he's out big, in the working world. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> He was a really good high school football player. Uh, he's now working, you know, he's going to be getting married this fall. And, uh, you know, so we, we started the, the journey with, you know, we, and we were new parents. We didn't know any better, you know, that uh, Kinsey wasn't doing things that Thor was, you know, as they were, as they were, you know, he's rolling over doing stuff. We didn't, you know, we didn't, we're new parents. We didn't know anything about it. Well, we saw the doctor run HMO and he said, well, it's just delayed development, you know, and <clears throat> that was his turn every time it just delayed, delayed, delayed development. And so, uh, we were, there's some ladies that came since they were premature, you know, they came and checked on, you know, regularly, you know, they, they were no doctors, nothing skilled. They couldn't, they couldn't make a diagnosis, but they, you know, they'd ask us things. How are, you know, cause one was a physical therapist. And I think one was, uh, I don't remember what that one was, early childhood, something. But, uh, you know, uh, they knew. And one time, one of them said, you know, I want to leave this book for you all to read. And, uh, you know, just read it when you get a chance. And we read it. And it's like, man, that's Kinsey to a T. Yeah. I mean, this is this is her. And uh, at nine months, we uh, we went on our own. Because, you know, during that HMO, the doctor's, you know, it costs them, you know, I don't know how that all works, cost them money if they refer them to specialists, this, that. And he just kept on saying delay development, you know, and we said, no, there's something else. So we paid on our own to go see a, uh, a neurologist. And I mean, within 20 minutes, oh, she's got, she's got cerebral palsy, you know, and uh, so I mean, you know, that at least that opened up so many doors for her for early childhood, you know, things need to be done. Cause that's when all the formative years are when they can start learning. And so we, uh, you know, started seeing some, you know, OTs, occupational therapists, physical therapists, things opening up. And, uh, Janet always says that it was, uh, God speaking to her through me. Cause it was right after we got that, you know, and there, there's a grieving process, right. you know, you're grieving, you're grieving your, the lost dreams of your child. You're grieving your lost dreams. And Ken, uh, Janet was in a funk, you know, she was like, yeah, it was a funk that, you know, she was depressed. And, uh, after a couple of days, you know, I, uh, and said something to her, I said, you know, this isn't the life we chose, but this is the life God has for us. We can choose to make it, uh, great, do everything we can with Kenzie, or we can sit here and wallow in pity. Right. And she said that was what just snapped her out of it. And we chose at that point that now we're going to make it a great life for her. And uh, we're going to raise her as, as uh, you know, as much as a normal child as we can. And, uh, we, you know, we did everything. She loved roller coasters at amusement parks. And it was amazing. There was one at uh, Six Flags Over Texas. We'd go there for their birthdays. And uh, it was a double loop roller coaster. And I'm sitting there. I mean, and of course, we're talking, you know, this is when she's probably, oh, eight, eight, seven, eight, somewhere in that time period. 
I'm cradling her head, uh, you know, my arm, you know, we're all strapped in. We're going through this. Well, we get to the point she's after a few years, she said, hold my arms up like those people because everybody's got their hands up oh, mother right. heads. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so I'm cradling her, her head in my crook of my elbow. I'm holding both her arms straight up and we're going through these roller coasters, double O roller coasters. And the attendant always asks when you get there, Hey, does she want to ride again? And of course her answer is always yes. And I'm like, crack. And we just stopped this. Cause you're old too. You're like, listen, I can't oh, do this as many times. I was like, this isn't as fun as it used to be, <clears throat> but she loved that. Uh, she loved amusement parks. Uh, you know, everything about that way. We took her whitewater rafting when she was young, uh, snowmobiling. I've, I've Velcroed her to the front of me. She didn't like snowmobiling. She never went after the first time because she can't lean. So when we go in the snow and I need to turn, well, her body is just dead weight. It's right. not leaning. And so we we just roll over in the snow. You know, it, we there was no fast roll over, but she said, nope, I don't want to do that again. So we've never snowmobiled since then. Well, I think it's funny. I mean, uh, it's, it's awesome. You go look through your social media. You go look through your Facebook, your Instagram. And the things that you're doing with her, like snow skiing, on her, you know, on, on her own little special thing, and you've got your straps and you're skiing with her down down hills. How how do people look at you when you're doing that? Especially taking on a roller coaster. Do I mean because I know for a fact I do a lot of stuff with special needs here in California. We do a lot of events and I cook for a lot of things. And you know, every Sunday at church, I get kids that are running up and giving me. And I say kids, they're like in their 30s and 40s. Um, but we kind of you know they run up and give me hugs, and their parents are always like, "Thank you so much." How is it on, on your end? Do you see more negative things by you taking her out than you do positive or people talking about her, you know, in a third person aspect of you shouldn't be doing these things with her. You shouldn't be taking her. She should be, you know. Not really. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, and most people are like, I didn't even know that was possible. Right. You know, uh, you know, probably early on, the only one that ever said that was mother-in-law. You know, she, uh, she was like, oh, you know, that, that's, you know, Kenzie doesn't need to do that. That's too dangerous. This or that. And we'd say, you know, Kenzie, you know, you know say for an example, she's a 12 year old, you know, she's a 12 year old, like any other 12 year old girl, right. You know, that's what they are kid. That's what they, these are, they love to do at this age. And, uh, you know, once, once it's all, I mean, and Kenzie just lights up. I mean, she does, she absolutely loves life. She loves doing anything and everything. And, uh, I, you know, really it's opened up. I'd say it's probably more positive comments because, uh, people are like, you know, I just didn't even know that she would enjoy anything like that. You know, uh, like anything, you know, I mean, I hate to use the term, but put them in the corner and, uh, let them do their thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and so, you know, and that's not Kenzie, you know, of course that's where we raised her. But, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, most people think, well, you know, they, they don't, they don't want to try to do those things. They don't want to enjoy those things. Uh, but they, the, these individuals love life just like we do. I right. mean, there's nothing different. It might be harder to do it, but we can make it happen. And I heard, I heard someone say one time, one of the special needs kids that was, <clears throat> we were working with, um, one of the ladies goes, well, he's just not mentally there. The mom goes, he, he he's smarter than you are just because he can't verbalize it and he can't bring it because he has cerebral palsy also. And you put him in front of the machine that he can talk with and the stories that this guy is coming up with. And you're sitting there going, he's brilliant. 
you have this brilliant mind locked inside this body that won't do what he wants it to do. And I think a lot of people assume because the body is broken, that the mind is broken. And you, you probably found this, that same thing. Like I love watching the videos because I can see that her mind's not broken and I can see that, you know, her physical body may not be there. And, and for you, it's gotta be fun. Cause I know you're a believer. Like I'm a believer that one day you get, you know, you're going to give her a hug in heaven and it's going to be, you know, a real hug and it's going to be a full embrace and the body's going to be healed. The mind won't be healed because the mind's there, but that yeah. physical body will match what her mental capacity is. And, you know, as a parent, I bet that was probably hard for you to try to tell people like, listen, listen, she's not dumb, right? She's not broken. You know, just cause her body won't work the way yours and mine does. doesn't mean that her brain work. Cause there, there's people that you and I know that their bodies are fine, but they're complete idiots. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think an encouraging thing for me to see <clears throat> and to share with my daughters, you know, when I show, show them these videos is look, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. And just cause your body says, Hey, I'm done. doesn't mean that the, that will and drive of your brain is going to stop you. Yeah. You know, and that's what we would have. There would be people to talk to in the third person, you know, well, what does Kinsey like to do? What does he, and Kinsey be right there is like, well, just ask her. You know, yeah, we might have to interpret what she's trying to answer with, you know, because, that, you know, her her uh, vocal muscles and everything are affected, too. I mean, she can talk and people are like, well, does she talk? I was like, you know, once she gets to know you, you'll be asking, will she stop? Because <laughs> she will just, you know, and it's like, you know, OK, I think you can give it a break now. But, uh, you know, her uh, like you said, her mind, man, she's she processes everything there is. I mean, whatever you're saying she's picking up and I think our, on her senses, she over, she overcame, um, you know, the loss of some senses with her hearing and her memory. I mean, she can, I used to, I used to kid when, when we lived in a, when she was young, lived in this other house we lived in, you know, you would not walk down the hall. Once you put her to bed, do not go down that hall until you're going to sleep. Cause I said, she. You know, my joke was she could hear a cricket fart in the other end of the house right? because <clears throat> she would wake up and it's like, are you kidding me? I was barefooted walking down there and she all her dad and, uh, you know, in her memory, she will tell me details about, you know, what, what we did when she was five years old. And I was like, I can't even remember what we, what I did last week. And you're telling me about something 20, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, she, uh, if, if people do not understand, you know, that, uh, and you know, it's a lot of it, not being exposed to it. You know, I can understand a lot of that, just not being exposed to that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, we, we've kind of put ourselves into our own little world. You know, we, we take out those that have disabilities. We think, Oh, well, they're, they're not on our level. Well, like you said, most of them, most of some I know are just brilliant. They may not have the physical, uh, capabilities, but their mental capacities are far above anything I might ever hope to achieve. Oh, 100%. Uh, so let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about like that first viral video um, <laughs> about, about Kenzie. I think that's where a lot of people found you. I know that's what I found you. I know a lot of people through, you know, there was, I was, I was following a disabled uh, hunting page because there's a guy at, at my church who is a big hunter in a wheelchair. He got in a snowboarding accident. Um, and lost like everything from his chest down. And so I was helping him hunt and fish, getting into different places because no, no rancher would take them, right? No outfit. They're like, ah, yeah, I don't got anywhere for you. 
Um, this is before they had all the really cool, I mean, Kinsey's got one of those really cool mobility, you know, kind of push and it looks like an off-road tank from Mad Max. And, uh, but getting him in, then I remember seeing this video. So kind of explain this video and, and her hunting and what that kind of did for you guys. You know, the, uh, you know, d- during, uh, to get in, to lead into it during school, you know, she was involved in everything, school, choir, uh, she was a special needs cheerleader until they, you know, until we started doing competition, you know, and okay, let's stop. Cause we didn't want to get into that sort of aspect, but I never really envisioned her loving hunting as much as she would. We we've always gone that we've gone to the Rocky mountain elk banquet here since she was probably, we think around three years old, we've went every year <clears throat> and her one year when she was 14, she won a shotgun youth shotgun. And, uh, you know, the guys there said, hey, if she wants to go turkey hunting, we'll take her turkey hunting. So she didn't get to go that year. She had double hips or or that was her back surgery. She had rods put along both sides of her spine. But she went uh, turkey hunting next year and got a gobbler. And, you know, she was just beside herself. You know, she thought that was great. Well, you know, uh, I didn't really know what is possible. You know, it's like one of those things you're like, you know, you're outside of your outside of your lanes <clears throat> i didn't know about all this adaptive equipment that could be done well when she was uh that was her first <clears throat> she went hunting in 2018 <clears throat> excuse me the uh she went on a uh, crossbow hunt uh in illinois she got a doe and she used the adaptive air tra- uh, adaptive air trigger basically it uh, attaches to the trigger guard when she sucks on the vacuum tube there's a it's connected to a 12 volt battery it's changed to electrical charge and it pushes an actuator against the trigger on a bow shotgun rifle whatever it is <clears throat> well she ended up getting a, a doe on the third day of the hunt and i you know i didn't even know things like that were possible and uh you know i went with her here at the house that year and we uh, we did hand over hand because I didn't know any better. You know, I didn't have the money to buy one of those things yet. Yeah. <clears throat> and we, uh, oh, she got a small buck, her first buck. You know, after that hunt, so <clears throat> the same group that took her on the uh, crossbow hunt called Holy Pursuits Dream Foundation, and this is what they do: they take kids, uh, young adults, hunting or fishing trips, their dream trips. Well, that and. When, she, when I'd found out about that group this year, a guy that we'd met said, hey, you need to contact this group about going hunting. Well, you know, uh, fill out the application, boom. I mean, within a week, what's she want to hunt? So we sat down with her, went through pictures, this and that, and she decided on mule deer. She's mm-hmm. like, I want to hunt mule deer. And at this point, it was, it was late August, and I told Janet, uh, my wife, I said, you know, the chances of them trying to be able to pull together a mule deer hunt outfitter this short of time frame. I said, it's going to be pretty, it's going, it's going to be hard. Right. And so that's why we, we ended up going on. They said, Hey, we, we had a child that couldn't make this hunt, you know, have Kinsey come up with this crossbow hunt. So we did that. And he said, but he said, she's going to go on a mule deer hunt next year. She, you know, that will happen next year. <clears throat> so like I said, that was 2017, 2018, uh, comes along. You know, and yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go mule deer hunting in Wyoming. And so we, uh, got all, you know, everything planned. Uh, we, uh, 
flew into Cheyenne, Wyoming. They had everything taken care of. You know, they had a guy there to drive us around. You know, we loaded up a wheelchair and that. We had a, at that time, we were using a manual wheelchair, you know, that uh, her, was her traveling chair. And so we hunt for uh, three days, this three-day hunt. Got the vacuum trigger. They've got their own vacuum trigger. And uh, on that one, you know, we had a shoot from vehicle permit for Wyoming, you have to go through all the different things you might encounter. You know, they approved that. We hunted, we actually hunted a ground blind for first two and a half days. And uh, we saw everything except a mule deer. You know, there was big white tail bucks. I was, I was trying to talk Kenzie. I said, you know, do you want to shoot a white tail buck? Because there were some really big ones, you know, coming out of this field. And she stuck to her guns. She said, no, I want to shoot a mule deer. Like, okay, that's what you want to shoot. We're under blizzard warnings, you know, and she's right there just like any hunter. I mean, we're, we would get there as it got daylight, got into the ground blind. We'd hunt and we'd come back at lunch, eat lunch, go back for the afternoon. And uh, we saw antelope. Uh, like I said, we saw all sorts of mule deer. We'd see does and some spikes that come out there. Well, the third morning, we said, uh, you know, the guys that were with us, the two guides, they, uh, they said, you know, let's, let's go try this other ranch. And, uh, you know, let me turn off this phone just a second. And so uh, we drove, I don't know how far it was, 40 miles to another ranch. And uh, that, and talked to her, talked to a woman who said, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm happy of, they had had disabled hunters there before. And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, go right ahead. So we hunted all morning long. So we, uh, she said, yeah, go right ahead. We uh, drove around, got a few different places, looked a huge, you know, huge valley, a beautiful looking mule deer country. And I, I had in the back of my mind, you know, and I asked Kenzie, I said, you know, things aren't looking aren't looking good i said how about if uh, uh this evening we go back and you can shoot one of those big white tails and so uh you know we're gonna go back shoot one of those big white tails and she didn't really want to she run won that mule deer you know she had it stuck in her mind so uh, we did we saw some you know saw some group of deer coming down this one ridge coming down from the valley and looked and there's one buck with them you know, and it, like I said, this is the last afternoon. I mean, it's do or die now. And we're driving up, we go down, drive up that valley, and where we saw, you know, it took us probably 30, 40 minutes to get over there. And the, uh, as we drove through there, we saw him, you know, coming through the trees. And he looked, you know, the guy that was with us said, look, said, yeah, that's one's a buck. Said, let's, uh, you know, let, let's go back, set up for him. So we turned around. And I said, when, you know, people don't realize when Kenzie gets excited, she's beyond excited. I mean, every, you know, she may have her muscles are affected by cerebral palsy, but I said, it's for 20 minutes, I fought her. It's like trying to uh, trying to bend a two by four. I mean, she, cause she gets so excited. Her muscles become so tense and you can try to tell her calm down. But when she knows it's going to happen, she yeah. just, yeah, it's just, it's something to, it's, it's awesome to witness her excitement. So we get set up and uh, sure enough, you know, he comes through the trees here, we're set up, 
And, uh, you know, this is the first time, this is the first time we shot this uh, air actuator, you know, so it was new to me, new to everybody. And, uh, you know, when, when finally got everything coordinated and she, uh, you know, she sucked on the tube shot and, uh, it was like, you've seen on her video. I mean, it just, uh, the excitement and it, it was, it was really neat. I didn't, it wasn't until the next afternoon. I really got to watch the video because, uh, you know, everything's just, you know, there's so much going on. And this guy was just videoing with his phone. You know, he just had his phone. He was in the passenger seat. And as a guy that's driving us around and her, uh, she was so caught up in a moment to call mom. You know, that was the one morning mom hadn't gone with us because if she went with us. We we're going to have to take two trucks. Otherwise we're, you know, if she didn't go, we could all go in one truck. Right. So she said, I'll stay back at the hotel. Well, when Kenzie shot the mule deer, you know, call mom, call mom, oh, call dude, mom. That, that was like my allergies kicked in real hardcore at oh. that moment. I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean that, yeah, that pulled at my heartstrings pretty hardcore. It's like, call mom, call mom. And I'm like, I'm bawling like a freaking baby. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, I was like, you know, I was, you know, because like, you know, you're in the heat of the moment, everything's going on. And I watched that video. I was like, wow, that's pretty, that, that, that was, that was touching. I mean, they were there. The tears are coming down my face too. And, uh, you know, then when he said, you know, it was just a, a few seconds later when he said he's down, Yeah. you know, and, and I see, you know, and I can, I can see it out every time I watch that video, you know, when I looked at Kenzie and she knew what that meant too. I mean, she, and she came unglued. She was so excited. I mean, she's caught up, you know, I said for people, you know, one thing I'll get negative comments. Oh, you know, like, like, you know, anti-hunters, you know, they, uh, I read so many comments and, you know, of course they are outweighed by the tens of thousands of good comments, but, oh, I can't believe you're teaching this poor little disabled person, you know, that the uh, joy of, of killing another animal. I was like, no, I'm teaching them the joy of their, but she's being able to provide for uh, her family, yeah. you know, for her, who's never physically been able to do anything. She's actually doing something to put meat on the table or in the freezer for that family. You know, I mean, man, her self-worth went through the roof. I mean, that was something that people can't measure. I mean, that they are actually doing something that is, is helping their family, helping other individuals. And, uh, you know, it can't even be, there's just no pricing put on it. Yeah. But yeah, that video, when it got, it got shared, you know, I, I put it on my Instagram, on my Facebook and, uh, a lady I know on social media, you know, she, she messaged me. She, she, she said, I'm in tears watching this said, you know, this is just beyond belief. Can I share this? And, you know, from there, it just, that it just blew up. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, uh, for a while there, it was like every single page that I clicked on and, and I, I watched it every single time. I was like, okay, I got to watch it. Okay. I got to watch it. It was sort of like when Shawshank Redemption comes on TV. Like no matter, no matter what part it is, what point you're at, you got to yeah, watch it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Andy Dufresne's going to, you know, crawl through, a, you know, two and a half football yeah. fields of crap. Um, and it's the same thing. And I think that's for me, that really excited me. That really got me passionate because that was at the time that I was taking my daughter, like on her first official hunts. And it was, I was nervous and I was scared to take her out and the pressure that I'd be getting. I'm like, okay, there's this dad who's taken out his daughter who is less in, in physical form than my daughter and he's making it happen. 
And so there's no excuse for me not to take my kid out. There's no excuse for me not to put everything I can into taking her in. And you're like I am where we would much rather watch other people around us get excited and shoot things. Like I, you and I have talked and, and I would love, I, I love hunting. I love it. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love everything about it. But to take out someone who and watch them succeed supersedes me ever pulling a trigger. Like, I mean, I teach classes for from field to plate, and I love sitting there and watching the excitement and the joy. And so to watch your daughter, who a lot of people would look at as, when she said, call mom, to me, I was like, she's 100%, 100% mentally there. And I think that for me was the big thing. It wasn't just a, it wasn't one of those videos that people do to get the attention. Like, hey, look, I'm taking out this special needs, or hey, look, I'm taking out this kid, or hey, look, I'm taking out this veteran, and I want to get all the likes. It was raw. It was real. The the expression on your face, like, yeah, we'll call her, we'll call her, you know, like all these things, it all led up to just, I think, one of the most real moments that I've seen in a long time. And and for me, it excited me and it made me want to give back and want to do more. And so like I appreciate you sharing that because I think it was huge. And I know you and I have talked when, when Kinsey wants to go shoot a turkey and she wants to cook it and eat it and you know, you'll send me pictures of, of what she's cooking and what she's eating. And I've told you flat out, like, I want to come cook with her. Like, I want to sit in the kitchen. We're going to try to find a hunt and where I can sit there and actually cook and create a meal that, you know, because I know, I guarantee you she's got some cool recipe ideas in her head and I want to be able to put those onto a plate and for her. Uh, not because of anything else other than like a friendship and wanting to talk and want to do stuff. So I think it's awesome. I'm going to put links to those videos and stuff that you guys can go check out because again, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and it's beautiful and it's just the most real that hunters are. And if, every time that a vegan or vegetarian or an anti comes at me, I always share that video. I'm like, watch this. Tell me that we're in it for the horns. Tell me that we're in it for anything other than the pure joy of what we're doing to be able to feed our family. And I think it, you know, validates that call mom. It wasn't how big was it? It wasn't, is it dead? It wasn't how, tell me the size of the rack. What did it score? it was the joy of like, I got to tell mom, you know? And for me to this day, I still, no matter what I kill, I'm like, I got I to gotta text my dad. I got to call my dad. And my dad's like, do you take a picture? I'm like, no, I just shot. I haven't even touched it yet. I'm just telling you, like, I just shot a big buck, you know? And it's like, okay, well send me a picture when you're done. And I think that joy still resonates for a lot of us. And for you as a parent, it's probably got to be astronomical to be able to take out your daughter and do it. I mean, I love seeing the videos of her fishing and, the smile on her face when she's holding a fish, like, I don't know. There's just pure joy. And I think that's the biggest thing. Well, you know, and that's, that's, it's, uh, she doesn't have the social media pressures. She doesn't have peer pressure. You know, nobody's, you know, she doesn't, she's not seeing these comments, you know, or hey, how big a buck was it? How big, you know, oh, you should have let him go another year. Yeah. That means nothing to her. Right. I mean, it's, if it's legal game, she's going to put food in the, on the table or in the freezer. And every and of course, that's a gold standard. That mule deer hunt was a gold standard, you know, the, her, for her excitement. And I was like, you know, she'll never, you know, a, after that, I said, man, it'll never be like that. Never be excited, you know. And it's now it's not it's not of that, uh, you know, all those different elements that made it, you know, uh, so incredible. Yeah. But every hunt is like that. I mean, her excitement is all the way at the top. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's there's no bad hunt with her. I mean, it can, you know, whether it's a doe, 
whether it's, you know, Turkey. I mean, her excitement is just pure joy. I mean, it's like, Hey, look what I did. You know, it's, you know, like you've seen that, you've seen that buck, uh, like you said, on that mule deer buck. I mean, he's a f- small frame four by four, you know, and, but to her and to me, that's the biggest monster ever. I honestly you know, that, I can tell you for a fact, I, I can't even tell you what, what the deer looks like. And that's, complete, <laughs> I know. that's complete honest. Like I have watched the video how many times and I cannot tell you what the deer looks like. I cannot tell you the size. I can't tell. And I think that's the best part about the story that you guys just shared is that when we get involved with that, it, everything else goes out the window and it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters the story behind it and it matters around the meal and that it's continually being shared to this day is a testament to you as a dad for having the courage to not treat her like anything other than your daughter, you know, and for her to have the courage to go out there and say, Hey, I'm different, but if I have to suck on a trigger to make it go, then I'm going to suck on the trigger to make it go. And like, and I think that that shows everybody out there, like there's no excuse. There's no, those people that I talk to all the time, they're like, well, I live in the city. I can't go do it. Oh, I don't have the time to go out and do it. Oh, I don't have the energy. I don't, I'm tired. I can't tell you how many times I've been at deer camp. Guys, like I'm just really tired. I'm not going to go out this morning. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think I think what she shows us is that an excuse is nothing more than a lazy man's out, right? And so, well, I've always said, you know, the my hope by sharing her adventures. I mean, because she fishing. Yeah, you know, like you said, her smile when she, when she goes fishing. I mean, and she. There's times you ask her, okay, what's your favorite thing to do? Yeah. Most times she'll say fishing. Other times she'll say hunting. Um, but it's the excitement. And I said, by sharing, by sharing her, what she loves to do, my hope is that, you know, somebody with disability say, Hey, I can make this happen. You know, it can be done, you know, or the other thing is, you know, whether you're family, whether you're a friend or a community, you know, that, you know, somebody has disabilities you know, help them get out there, you know, even if it's not, you know, going out to the back 40, even if it's down to a community pond or something like that, go fishing, you know, just that release for them can be huge, you know, because like you and I, most everybody listening know a lot of people with disabilities, their life is relegated to that house. Yeah. And if we can change those surroundings, it can help change, uh, you know, the whole direction for them. And I've had, I've had people friend me from uh, all around the world that uh, basically their, their son, their daughter, their dad, they didn't know those sort of things were possible. You know, that uh, uh, where do I find out about this? You know, and I've become more of a resource than anything. You know, tell them, okay, this is the vacuum air trigger we use. Uh, we, she watches now on uh, the Tacticam. You know, she watches everything on a tablet right in front of her that I'm looking at through the scope. And I'm in the process. Uh, her, our next big move, she's going to be watching it through VR goggles. Oh, awesome. It's streamed right to the – and so that's – I've got them here looking at them on the floor, and that's that's my next big uh, – because a guy mentioned that to me. And I'll tell you, uh, and he's from California. He, he asked me, hey, have you thought about using VR goggles? And I was like, that's brilliant. I mean, as soon as he said that, I was like, why haven't I thought of that? Yeah. That's um, so that way, you know, Kenzie, uh, she's limited in her motion, but if she, it doesn't matter where her head's turned, she's watching everything that's streamed right to her. 
you know, she doesn't have to be focused on that tablet. So, uh, yeah, that, I'm hoping that's the, you'll see that this fall when uh, the hunt start up that she'll be watching it through VR goggles. Which I think is, it's so crazy to think of the technology that's evolving um, and to allow people that have disabilities to be able to be part of our culture. Um, you know, we're, we're taking out in November, I'm, we're giving a class out to wounded vets um, who have lost limbs and legs and a lot of these ranches won't take them because they're a liability or they can't get up into a stand or they can't get in it. And so this ranch that I'm working with in South Te- or in West Texas, they're like, dude, bring it on. Let's do it. You know, we're, we're outfitting the trucks. We're figuring out ways to mount uh, pivots to the trucks. And so we can have guns already preset. So it's like, Hey, just get up there. And all you have to do is look through it and pull the trigger. There's no holding for some of these guys that don't have the mobility sort of like, like Kinsey and stuff like that, where you've got them on these tripods um, and be able to drive around. And I think it's huge with the way technology is advancing within our hunting industry, allowing these people who have for so long been looked at as nothing more than just a burden on society, right? And a burden on their family. Sort of like you said in the very beginning, our life is not what we thought it was going to be. And now could you imagine if you're, if Kinsey was normal in a sense, I'm not saying normal, but she was physically like every other kid, your life would not be as fulfilled as it is today. Oh yeah. And it's that whole, you know, uh, Garth Brooks song, what, you know, the, the prayer or whatever, right? Like, I'm glad for the unanswered prayers. I'm glad that unanswered prayers. Yeah, I'm glad that God didn't answer it. And I look at my life. I'm like, because I got told uh, the other day because you know, I'm I'm allergic to beef, and I can't digest beef. I can't eat beef, and that's what threw me into the big game hunting world. Threw me into from field to plate. This is my job now. And someone's like, dude, oh, I was cooking, cooking something. They're like, man, don't you wish you can eat beef? And I was like, not a day goes by I wish I can eat beef. Because if I was eating beef, I would not be talking to you. I would not be doing what I'm doing. I would never be able to be, I'd still be probably hating my life working in the restaurant industry because that's the path I was on. And it's, yeah. I thank God for uh, you know doing this. And I bet in a way you're also thanking God for giving you this daughter who you love and who you get to spend the rest of your life with. And, you know, and you get to watch her grow up and be an adult and be a part of her passions and her excitement, and her joy. And I, I know for a fact it's encouraging other people, which I think to you is probably even more is you being able to be that resource. It has to be huge for you to sit there. Cause I know I get it. Like, Hey, I never knew I could eat that or I never knew I could do this, but that's just food for you. It's, I never knew that my son had the potential, which I think for me, it excites me. I mean, I don't, I, it's got to excite you too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I, I, you know, it's easy for me to say I wouldn't be half the man I was if I wouldn't have had Kenzie. Right. I mean, that's, you know, I've grown, I, I, I tell people I, I grew to be the father she deserved, you know, that, uh, you know, she's, she's exceeded, you know, yeah, you have those dreams. Like I talked about earlier, you know, you grieve lost dreams. Well, you grieve some, but you uh, exceed others, yeah. you know, that you never even, never even anticipated. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, and I'll tell you a quick story on a, I had a guy friend me on Facebook. This has been, I don't know, four years ago. And uh, I think it's one of those things, you know, seeing the mule deer video. And he talked, he was talking to me about, you know, watching Kinsey's videos. Yeah. Me and my daughter watch him in the, in the uh, deer blind, you know, he's in Texas. And they, they'll watch him in there. And 
what, you know, she'll ask what's Kenzie doing this and that. And I was asking, okay, how old's your daughter? And, you know, she, I think she's about five years old and, um, you know, he's I've talked about, she's terminal. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, well, she, I can't quote whatever disease it is, but you know, the doctors, doctors, uh, say she's not going to live past another couple of years. And, and man, that, that hit me. I mean, I, I told Janet afterwards, I was like, you know, to think that, you know, this little girl is looking up to what Kenzie's doing, you know, uh, you know, inspired by what Kenzie's doing and, you know, uh, she's terminal. I was like, yeah, that was, that, that was hard for me to take that she's looking up to us, you know, and, and with the situation she's dealing with, but I was glad we were able to, we're able to help, you know, help her give some hope of what she can achieve. Yeah. No, that's, I don't know. I think as parents, we always try to want the best for our kids and in turn, they give the best to us and make us the best yeah. versions of ourselves. And, you know, I find me doing things or not doing things based on how my daughters would perceive it. You know, like I've been asked to be a part of companies or been asked to do podcasts with people. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want my daughters being a part of that company or being a part of that podcast. So I'm going to have to turn it down. And they're like, Oh, well this much money. I was like, no, no amount of money in the world is going to make me make my kids look at me differently, you know, right. than how their dad is. And so, I don't know. Thank you again for coming on, dude. I appreciate the stories. I appreciate, I, I can't wait to see more of them. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on social media. If you want to share that, uh, if you want people to follow along with your guys' story um, and also yeah. kind of where they can, if they are listening to this and they do have kids who have, you know, superpowers like, like Kenzie do, how, how can they, what organizations can they reach out to that will help them get their kids outside? You know, the, uh, they can find me on, on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's kind of a long, it's Mike underscore Burnside underscore doing underscore life. And I'll throw that uh, up in the link down below so you guys can check that out. And I, uh, yeah, just Mike Burnside under, uh, on Instagram. And, you know, if you find a picture with a, a young lady in uh, uh blaze, blaze orange, you know, with a big smile on her face on my picture, that's, that's me and her, Yeah, you know, that's from the real deer hunt. Uh, and you know, there's, you know, and I'm finding out more resources all the time. You know, the first place to start, uh, beadaptive.com, you know, they sell, they sell different equipment, you know, uh, adaptive outdoors, outdoorsman equipment, you know, that would be a good resource where to find this kind of stuff. We ended up, like I said, after that first episode, we bought our own vacuum air trigger, uh, you know, Holy Pursuits Dream Foundation. Uh, hands of a sportsman, uh, disabled outdoorsman USA. You know, that's, those are three big ones. And there's, like I said, I, I'm going brain dead trying to think of the others, but you know, uh, you know, you can do a search for disabled hunting or disabled, um, uh, disabled hunting assistance, something like that. And you'll be able to find some of these groups, but you know, and, and just reach out, you know, I can, I'll, I'll you know, I'll be able to think of them when I'm not trying to think of them. Yeah, right. And I'll be able to tell you. And I'll I know be able for, to. And I know for a lot of states, they have special hunts designated to yeah. disabled individuals. I know California, we've got special regulated things for disabled. I think every state probably does. And so yeah. you can always look at look at your state, you know, wildlife page, and really figure that out. You can also talk, reach out to organizations like Elk Foundation, NWTF, uh, QDMA. You can reach out to these companies. They've got 
they've got resources as well that are going to help you if you want to hunt elk or deer and, or turkey. Yeah, you know, the National Wild Turkey Federation. And I just found out about this really in the last year. A lot of state chapters, uh, it's under the Wheeling, Wheeling Sportsman. Uh, they will have some of these track chairs that you can you can uh, reserve. Didn't cost you anything. You know, they have, they've bought them for disabled individuals to be able to use to go out on hunts, stuff like that. Now, so check with your state chapter, National Wild Turkey Federation, and uh, it's under Wheeling Sportsman. But yeah, they they have a lot of those uh, track chairs uh, to use, and you know, like you've seen Kinsey's. I mean, it's it's been a game changer for Kinsey. I mean, it's changed so much her independence. You know, we just let her go out here in a pasture. You know, I'll kill her. If the, I'll turn the headlight. I'll I'll turn the headlight on. Just be back after dark. And yeah, of course she's dad. You know, and but uh, she loves just going out there and just just running, just doing her own thing. She's independent. You know, she controls it. She'll be back. That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Mike, for coming on and give the family all my love. And I can't wait to get this up probably, pro- probably next week and share it with everybody. If you're listening, then it's not next week. It's now. Um, but again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being the dad that a lot of us can look up to when it comes to raising our kids out outdoors. And for a lot of the individuals who are struggling with children with special needs, that you're also that advocate saying, Hey, just get out there and do it. Treat them like a normal kid. I really appreciate it. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Jeremiah. And for any, uh, any and all information we talked about, I'm going to try to put as much. I wrote down tons of notes. So look down below in the podcast show notes and you'll be able to click on all these other things until then my friends, I'll be seeing you.